it's very nice for all of us to get together and um, learn the Dharma, do prayers, do some pujas. Some of us are here out of the highest motivation to gain unexcelled enlightenment for others. Some of us are here for a mediocre motivation, which is to gain happier this life and future life. And some of us are here for the lowest scope motivation, which is to just have business and family and problems immediately cleared. Whether our motivation is of the lowest scope, medium scope, or the highest scope, the fact is it's all still Dharma. Why is it still Dharma? Meaning, it still is classified within the Lamrim as acceptable motivation. Let me repeat, it is still classified in the Lamrim as acceptable motivation. So hence, if our motivation is the lowest scope, medium scope, highest scope, it's okay. The point is that we have a scope, and that's very good. Now, how long can we all get together at this center and do prayers and learn and share? Maybe if some of the founding people, the women and men, and myself, if we die or something happens, then the center collapses. Then everything we've done is forgotten and it's gone. And one day I will die. One day you will die. One day the people that work very close to me will die. And that's a very hardcore fact of Buddhism. No matter how much we avoid that thought, it is just denial. And the more we deny, the less we do spiritual practice. The more we accept the truth, the more we will do spiritual practice. Hence, death is the first chapter within the, con within the consolidated teachings of the Buddha written by the king of Dharma, Tsongkhapa, which is impermanence and death. And the reason that is so important and it's on the first chapter is, do you find yourself having difficulty changing your habits? Do you find yourself having difficulty choosing Dharma work over secular? Do you have problems choosing Dharma motivation over secular? Do you have problems and you find yourself lazy, unmotivated, unable to change? Do you find yourself falling into old habits? Do you see the years passing by and your mind doesn't change? Do you see your knowledge in Dharma growing, but your practice and your mind doesn't transform much? Well, if you want to know the secret to the key to changing is the meditation on death the meditation on impermanence. To read that chapter over and to meditate on that chapter. Why? If you have actualized the meditation on death, if you have realized the meditation on death, you will be very kind. You will want to work in a dharma. You will want to be a benefit to others. You will want to do dharma work. And you will transform yourself and change yourself. Do you know why? Because you know that ultimately we all have to go. Those of us who have a chance to work in the Dharma, those of us who have a chance to work in Kachara, who have a chance to work in Dharma organization, you are very fortunate, you are very lucky, and you have a lot of merits. Those of us who do not work in the Dharma for whatever reasons or run away from Dharma work, it shows how selfish your mind is, how you have not learned the Dharma. It shows how little merit you have. And it's like you're hungry, people give you gold, you throw the gold away, and you grab onto a rock. Simple. So later, definitely you'll have problems. Definitely you have difficulties. Definitely. So therefore, how much Dharma you do, how much you transform your mind, how much your mind changes, how much you can change your old habits is 100% dependent 
on meditation of death and impermanence. 100%. You know, people complain, I can't change. I'm still attached. I still need to have fun. I still need fun. You can. But how much of it you do and how much you transform is dependent on your meditation on death. People say, how do I meditate on death? Very easy. You read the Lamrim. But if you want a synopsis, if you want a synopsis, you can think in categories. You can think in categories. By environmental method, by environmentally how many causes are there that can take my life away example a tsunami an earthquake a fire a drowning last week in singapore one gandhian monk drowned he's 17 he's dead last week from gandhian monastery he went to singapore to do pujas they took him on a trip to under uh, uh by the ocean he doesn't know how to swim he drowned he's a monk his time is here. He's 17 years old. The whole monastery did prayers for him, I found out today. The whole monastery. He's a monk. Even the Buddhas and protectors couldn't protect him when the time for death came. He's 17. So do not think everything is permanent. Now, environmentally, how many causes can there be for your death? You meditate on category by category. By sickness, how many? How can you die very easily? From an accident, a car accident, walking accident, any type of accident. Eating the wrong food. One day you're walking nice, the next day you're limping. One day you're uh, fit, next day you're riveled up in pain. By your body, how, how, how easy it is for you to die. How many times have we heard the person was okay, the next day they're dead? How many times have you said in your life, oh, that, that person's so young, she's so young. Nothing can stop it. By your body, by your, by environmental factors, you can think. By accidents, you can think. And if you think about it individually, then when you have died, if you choose to be cremated, or if you choose to be buried, your choice. If you choose to be buried, you visualize yourself, your body dying. You visualize first, your ears go off. You can't hear anymore. The feelings go off. You can't feel anymore. You visualize your mouth becoming very dry. You can't taste and move anymore. You cannot move your tongue anymore. Then you visualize your body organs stop to function and your blood stop to move. You visualize your heart stopping. Then you visualize, finally, your eyes closing and all light is gone. You can't see anything around you. You fall in total darkness and you're in this still, quiet darkness, even the people around you that's crying cannot help you, your friends cannot help you, your jewelry cannot help you, your name, your position, your power, who you are, cannot help you. If you do that visualization correctly, you will change. And then you visualize yourself, your family coming in, your friends coming in, washing your body. You visualize them dressing it. You visualize them putting it inside a coffin. You visualize yourself inside a coffin. You don't visualize yourself looking at a coffin. You visualize yourself in the coffin looking out. You visualize the people crying. You visualize what's going to happen to you next, the funeral. You visualize they take you to the ground. You visualize they lower you into the ground. They cover you for the last time. Then you visualize the dirt being thrown onto your body. Just visualize it. Not quickly. In detail. In detail. This is what the holy monks of Cambodia, Burma, and Thailand do. They do that in front of a skull. 
in their wats, in their temples. Tibet, same. Tibetan monks do it in a cemetery. Same. Because it all comes from Buddha's teachings. Then you visualize the dirt on top of your coffin falling on your face, and you see the sunlight disappearing, 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 disappearing. Then you visualize the earth being stamped down, solid, hard. And then you're in the box. You visualize yourself not moving, no breathing, no talking, no communication. You will never be dug out again. You will never come out of that box again. You will never, ever move again. And all the ugly things you did in your life will come back to you now. All the good things you've done in your life will come back to you now. Now, your statues, your church, your temple, your family, your money, your anger, your reputation, your ego, your failure, your loss, your winning, your complete sense of I is gone. So those of you who are sneaky, bad-tempered, created problems for yourself, for your friends, for the people who care about you, for your family, now your time has come. Those of you who have been goody-goodies, praying, doing mantras, being all holy shmoly, your time has come. Now your karma will judge you. No one can reach in there and help you. It is not like you have an accident and then three, four months later, you're repaired. You come out of the hospital in crutches. You're okay. It's not like you have cancer. You go for chemotherapy. You're okay. It's not like you have a car accident and you break your nose and they fix it. You are in the ground and you are gone. Your son, your family, your friends, your mother, your wife, your husband, your lover, your brother, your gay, your straight, everything is gone. Everything is gone. And if you meditate on that every single day, no matter what age you are, you'll be a better daughter. You'll be a better son. You'll be a better lover. You'll be a better human being. Because the point of that meditation is not to put you down or make you depressed. That point of that meditation is to make you realize the truth and your end. You see, if you make people meditate on karma, some people believe and some people don't. If you tell people to meditate on God and God will punish you, some people believe and some people don't. But who doesn't believe in death? The Buddha went one step higher than meditating on God or karma. The Buddha taught us to meditate on death because no one in this room, not even an insane person, could deny your end, my end, our end, death. No one can deny it. So when you meditate on God, Sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. When you meditate on karma, sometimes you believe when you're good mood, when you're bad mood, you don't believe. But on death, you cannot. Then some people think, well, I'm too young to meditate on that. Wrong. Because you, in fact, when you're very young, you should meditate on it so the rest of your life you'll be good people. Some people say, I'm too old to meditate. That's exactly why you should meditate on because you're so old. You want to spend the rest of your life doing what you've been doing your whole life, wasting time? Some people say, well, I'm not old, I'm not young. That's exactly why you should, because you know what? You're not old and you're not young, so get started. Death meditation can fit a Christian. Death meditation can fit a Taoist. Death meditation can fit a Buddhist. Death meditation can fit an atheist, because you're trying to become a better human being by letting yourself know how much time is not left. If you're not doing that meditation every single day, then you'll be lazy. You want to go to bed at a certain time. You don't like when people disturb you. Dharma work is hard. You want to have good food. You want to have good fun. 
you want to, uh, you don't have time to help. You can't commit. You're, you can't change yourself. You're going to keep complaining about that. When people tell you they can't, compl- they keep complaining, they can't change, they can't transform, they don't know, they don't understand. When pe- people keep saying that, you know what I think to myself, they didn't do their homework. Imagine if I walked in here and said to you guys, you know what, I'm tired of Dharma. I don't have time for Dharma. I'm going to disrobe and pick out some of you pretty people and go out to have a good time. Oh. Imagine if I come and say that to you. Imagine if I say to you guys, but I can't change myself. Imagine if I say that to all of you. Imagine if I say, you say to me, oh, do Dharma. No, I quit Dharma work, and I'm going to go work in a movie studio. I'm going to go work in McDonald's. I'm going to work in my auntie's plumbing factory. They say, why, Ramchi? Oh, because Dharma work is hard. I need to experience life and, and find myself. Imagine if I told you all that, then none of you would be here. So how come you say that and I'm still here? How come you say that and you're still here? So imagine let's turn the whole scenario around and Rinpoche tells you all the things you've been telling Rinpoche. Oh, but I'm not ready. How about if Rinpoche commits to a department and then tells you that, oh, um, sorry, I want to have some kids. And I want to uh, raise my kids. And I need to put them through college. So I'll do Dharma when I'm older. How would you feel? Oh, I can't get along with that person at that department. I don't like that person, so I quit. How would you like if I tell you that? Do you know if I was to quit because I don't get along with you? I would have quit a long time ago. I don't get along with you guys. You guys are very difficult, moody people. I don't get along with you. So imagine I was to quit because I have commitments. I can go out there and get myself a wife, a one that looks... Let's put it this way. One level below Vajrayogini. And do you think my kids will grow up looking like you guys? No. I won't have kids. Thank you. They're going to be gorgeous. They're not going to be bald and tall and from some weird European country. And when I have a kid, I'm going to have one straight one, one gay one, one lesbian one, one in-between one, one everything. Just add it to the world, make it more colorful. Well, I can say all that too, can't I? I can say to you, but I don't get along. Imagine if Rimchi tells you, I don't get along, that's why I don't want to do it, or I quit. Or imagine if you have to come and counsel me. But Rimchi, you've been in Dharma for 30 years, maybe you should change. But I can't, I don't understand. How would you like that? How about if Rimji comes to you with divination? Oh, I went to a Taoist temple. I got 20 foos. How do I get rid of it? Imagine if Rimji went on a skiing trip and broke my leg. <laughs> and found myself by breaking my leg. Well, how come, no offense to anyone, but how come you can act like that and I can't? You guys are unfair. Let me get to the point. The point is this. I'm not the greatest monk, and I'm not the greatest teacher, and I'm not the most knowledgeable, and I'm not the best. That's for sure. But I have meditated on death, and I have thought about death, and, I'm, and I contemplate on death almost every single day. That's why I am still a monk, and I will remain one. That's why I'm doing Dharma work. That's why I want to do Dharma all the way. Not because I'm a Rinpoche. Not because I'm a miracle maker. Not because I'm a Buddha. Not because I have powers. Not because I'm advanced. I'm just like you. I meditated on death. I am just like you. Look, in my heyday, nobody in this room can compare to my beauty. Nobody. 
Nobody in this room can compare to my beauty in my heyday. You are too fat, too short, too dark, too white, too ugly, too skinny, too I don't know what. But even in my heyday, I was doing Dharma. Let me tell you why. Because I meditated on death. What am I trying to tell everybody here? I am not different than you and don't make me different. I'm not a Buddha and I don't have supernatural powers. And I'm not attained and I can't fly. You see, you're not here because I can fly or I'm miraculous. You're here is because the Dharma I teach you makes sense. And I'm trying to practice Dharma. So therefore, you're here for that. So if you do the same as me, don't you think other people will be attracted to you also or attracted to the Dharma? Because there's no difference between me and you. Hence, because I thought about death, because I meditated on death, from the age of 12 and 13, 14, I meditated on death. So now, I became a monk. I did Dharma work. And there are times I like to run away. There are times I like to split. There are times I like to just pack up and leave. But when I think about death, I continue. I'm a stingy person, but when I think about death, I'd rather give...